This is The Shift Podcast. Coming up on the podcast, Red Green. Having Red Green on the show was uh, a real delight for us. We've got some Are You Okay in there. We've got some Throwback Thursday coming up for you too. And all of it for you on The Shift Daily Podcast. Download it from your favorite podcast platforms. Share it with your friends. Like it. And we appreciate that you're listening to The Shift. One question that got texted into us multiples of times over the last mm, 90 days. It's a good question. And the question is, what would Red Green do? <laughs> you can make your own wristbands. Steve Smith is here. Uh, Red Green himself joins us all the way from Florida now where he's uh, hanging out and living the grandpa life. But um I appreciate you being here, Steve. I guess it's safe to toss out a Merry Christmas to you at this point. Yeah, it's also it's my birthday is Christmas Eve, so you can throw that in there too. I did, I did see that. I read that. It is your, uh, it's your birthday. So really, all this time, this hasn't been about Jesus. It's all been about red green. Oh man, <laughs> uh, no, that one's not going anywhere good. So let's just leave it the way it is. <laughs> Uh, how you doing, man? It's nice to see your face. It's been a while since we've been able to see you on the TV. Yeah, no, I'm I'm doing really well. I, I tried retiring in uh, 2006. I played 182 rounds of golf in, in a, about a three-month period. And uh, no, that's not possible, in a six-month period. And, uh, and then I just, you know, I got bored. And uh, plus, I seem to have this thing where I like to entertain people. And I was just annoying my friends. So... <laughs> I thought I needed to spread that love over a wider base. So I got back to work. So what does work look like for red green now? Is it red green work, I guess, or is it Steve work or um, what are you up to? Cause I mean, you've got kids, you've got grandkids, you've got, you got lots of fun stuff there. Yeah, no, I have a, I, I have a great life. I, I don't deserve it, but I'll take it. Um, work is it's red green. I did four uh, North American tours. I started in 2010 and every couple of years, I did my last one last year. So that kept me pretty busy. And um, I'm doing a podcast now with my son. And also a friend of mine and I have invented a device uh, that relocates Canada geese. So, you know, when you have too many Canada geese in your park or at the beachfront or wherever, we have a thing that gets rid of them. So lots going on. Uh, Is that because Canada geese are holes? Because they are. Well, you know, even if you get too many of a nice person, uh, it, it has that tinge to it. So I'm not going to say they're bad. It's just that they're, they're programmed to be a, a nuisance. They, they, there's lots of places they can go and everybody be happy. Just don't come onto my lawn. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> that, that was a very dad moment. Get off my lawn. Um, yeah. But they're, I mean, they're mean though. Like they will, they will cut you. <laughs> they are. Well, you know, Shane, actually the truth is they don't think they're in, invading your area. They think you're coming into theirs. Fair enough. Because they they spent the night there. They spent the night at that park. So when you arrive at nine o'clock in the morning, you don't expect them to be there, but they sure don't expect you to be there. Yeah, it's a good point. What's it called so everyone can look it up? Uh, it's called GC1 Goose Control. Just goose Control. Google that GC1 Goose Control. We have a website and everything. It also seems uh, red green character appropriate too, which is kind of nice. Um, so tell me about the podcast because Red Green is alive and well. I mean, in all this COVID stuff, it, it is um, you know, has been the question that's been tossed around. But the Possum Lodge podcast must be fun to work with your boy and uh, still keep the character alive because I would guess, Steve, that he's like, 
you know, he's, he really is a shadow of, of who you are all the time, everywhere you go at this point after all these years. Yeah. I mean, I have the huge advantage that I created the character. So it came from within us. And that wasn't like veneered on top of me, like William Shatner being Captain Kirk. So that, that's a big up. And uh, I got a couple of things going on for the podcast. One is radio is absolutely my first love. I, I grew up listening to all the shows were on the radio, drama and comedy, variety shows, everything. So I had to make up the pictures in my mind. And I think it's one of the reasons I developed a half decent uh, imagination. So I got that. And then I get to work with my son, who's just really a super guy. And he does all the work. I just, uh, I do most of the writing and um, I get to perform, have fun. What's the, um, what's the central focus of the Possum Lodge podcast? Or what are you talking about? Is it uh, red, green, uh, playful, goofy, like the show was? Where does it go? Yeah, it's kind of like that. First of all, it's 100% scripted. So we don't just keep talking until we think of something. Uh, it's all written down. It's, it's like an old, old-fashioned throwback radio show. It's very much like the Red Green Show was on television. We do handyman stuff. So you have to visualize what I'm doing when I, I use a cake car to heat a hot tub. <laughs> uh, do you, uh, does the intro have the sound effect of duct tape unrolling quickly? Duct tape's in there. We use it as a transition. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so the question, Steve, um, here we are going through the COVID dealing with all the stuff. And I guess I have to ask it of the credibility of the audience, which we call shift heads, by the way, um, <laughs> the, um, you know, what would red green do in all of this? Some of the things that have been tossed around, of course, would be a, a duct tape mask and um, how well that would work out. I mean, what would red green do to get through all this? Well, I think first of all, most people would like to be red green at a time like this because he's kind of oblivious. I mean, I don't see him as a restaurant guy and I don't see him as a big crowd guy. Even when he would do a project, he does it all on his own because the last thing he needs is witnesses. So he's really, you know, kind of unaffected. And if you look at the number of people moving out of the the major cities and and moving out to places kind of like Possum Lodge just to up their chances of survival, uh, Red's already there. I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I had seriously thought about moving to a log cabin through this and just staying the heck away from people. Yeah. Um, you know, I, um, I'm kind of surprised that that's not the place where you ended up landing for your, for your air quotes retirement. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about this. Red green is in all of me, I guess is the way to answer that. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's a it's a terrible thing this this virus and I got to tell you I'm really disappointed in the scientists and I know I know I shouldn't say this but it's kind of like we have them on a retainer for a billion dollars a year and every hundred years we ask them to fix something and they go nah sorry I remember there was a guy on the old Ed Sullivan show and he used he was stand up comedian and he said um, I went to the doctor and I I told him my arm hurts when I do this. And the doctor said, well, don't do that. You know, that's kind of the reaction to the coronavirus. Sure. You know what? If we go and live in a cave for the rest of our lives, we we probably won't catch any transmittable disease. You'll never get uh, lung cancer to stop breathing, you know. Well, it is true. How is it that we um, I mean, because you've been have you spent the whole COVID time down in Florida? No, I've only been here a month. Okay, so you, you came down from Ontario. It was a big decision to come because uh, Florida's wide open. It's 100% open. Yeah. And, uh, 
I work on old cars, so a lot of the stores I go into, I'm the only guy with a mask on. So that's a, that's a little scary. How is the perspective different for you coming from, because I'm assuming you were still in Ontario before you went south? Yeah. Um, where in Ontario do you live? I live in Hamilton. Oh, in the Hammer. Um, yeah. I lived in St. Catharines for a while. Um, oh, sure. My favorite part was the uh, Stony Creek sign when they would take off the Y from Stony Creek and oh, they yeah, would Tony paint Creek. an R on. <laughs> oh, and Stone so- Creek. I thought you meant Tony Creek. They call it that too. Oh, <laughs> um, what's the perspective difference for you then going from, you know, a place where there has been a lot of storytelling about, you know, just shut down and, and do nothing. I mean, yeah. I always land in the place of, um, you know, we all could be smarter. When we started this, I, 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 I was in the place of, look, we all can be smarter, but, you know, eight or nine months later, it seems like Canadians really do need arrows of the floor on the floor of the grocery store in order to make a decision in life. And then you go down to Florida where it is wide open. And yeah. uh, I mean, that must be kind of terrifying in both places. Well, my, my, my opinion on it was that uh, there are two things that, that save you from the coronavirus. One is your behavior. And the other one is avoiding uh, places of high density population. So stay out of the major urban centers and wherever you go, wear your mask and, you know, do the social distancing thing. And I thought, well, I can do that anywhere. And I'd rather do it where I look out the window and it's like nice bright colors and it's sunny and it's warm. It's like God saying, come on out rather than I dare you. So, and we, <laughs> we, we couldn't see our kids and grandkids at home anyway, you know, right. when they come to visit, they have to stand on the front lawn and we stand inside the house. So it didn't really make a big difference that way. Well, and that's a good point. Um, I know that because there are many Canadians that have gone down to their places in Arizona and whatnot here in Western Canada, we tend to see more people go to Arizona and places like that than Florida. Right. Um, and you know, the argument is just that simple. Well, I, I can't see anybody at home there anyway. I can, I can wash my hands and wear a mask and, and do all the things here and I might go golfing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I just got an email today from a friend saying that they've locked up, they've gone from red zone to lockdown in Hamilton now. So that means no restaurants and they can only sell food. And, you know, you yep. go to, uh, you go to Walmart, it's all blocked. Anything that's not food is blocked off. You can't go there. So that's that doesn't sound like the way forward to me. Yeah. Um, Steve Smith, red, green. I guess the big question that I have for you would be, does your wife let you do anything for DIY projects in the house or does she get terrified too? Because some of these ideas must come from, um, they must come from some experiences because you can't, you can't imagine it if your brain doesn't think it's possible, if you haven't thought of it. So some of the red, green, uh, beautiful tragedies that happened in life. Um, are you allowed to fix anything at home? Well, here's, here's the deal, Shane. Um, and this is true with my friends as well. Uh, if you've got something that's not working, you've got a, a internal combustion engine that's not running, or you've got a tool that's not working or something like that, or you're an emergency, I'm your guy. I really am. I'm very handy. But if you want to renovate your kitchen or redo a bathroom, I am not your guy. You know, I'm effective, but I'm ugly. <laughs> If you can't be handsome, you might as well be handy. And Gotta uh, be Steve, handy. The, the, the beard is still there. It's longer now. I love it. Um, yeah. Letting it go. As a fellow white-bearded man, I would say, uh, I don't know, man. And maybe you've crossed over out of, out of the handy world and eclipsed it with the, with the handsome, with the beard. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, 
Good time of year to have a white beard, I heard. <laughs> I heard. There's extra work to be had anyway, if nothing else. Um, <laughs> yeah. The podcast is the Possum Lodge podcast. Uh, check it out. It's on all your favorite podcast sites. You can uh, you can get it there. And for the sake of being a capitalist like I am, I'll throw out the fact that if you go to redgreen.com, you can get all of those uh, great red green uh, swag shop things that are all on there too. Um, hey, you, you know, should, uh, Steve, you're welcome to be on hey, the show anytime, also, man. You should, you should also warn them that um, we don't have any ads and there's no sponsors on our podcast. It's, it's subscriber-based, the dollar a month. There you go. I love that. I think that's great. Um, nobody will sponsor our podcast either, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't get a sponsor. I, I, I ticked them off over my regular career, so now I'm back to my end user. Love it. Uh, you're welcome to be here on the show anytime, man. Um, we'll happily share out the Red Green story and the podcast and, and all the things. And um, if, uh, if Red Green ever wants to show up on the show, uh, you're more than welcome to do it too. Um, and let us know Never when you're touring all. again. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Shane. It's the Shift Podcast. Uh, here we are officially in Thursday across the country as we broadcast the shift from um, Vancouver to Kamloops, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Toronto, Hamilton, London, all across uh, this beautiful country of ours. It's officially Thursday, and we've all heard of Throwback Thursday for sure. One of the things we've been having some fun with is throwing back to some of the years of the past and looking at some of our favorite memories of those uh, of those pieces of the puzzle. So last week we did 1983. This week we are throwing back to 1991, a little bit tighter to December 1991. And so what you can look forward to, we've got a couple of song clips coming up. Plus, we have a couple of songs to round out the show from 1991. What are some of the biggest songs of the year? And not only all that, um, what are some of the ones that we thought would be the most relevant today from 1991 that we can play for you? I'm Shade Hewitt. Matt MacArthur is here and Ryan O'Donnell as well. So we're starting with some commercials from 1991. Before we get to that, plus or minus... How old were we in 1991? And where in this country were you living? 1991. Uh, I was living in Calgary. And I was still a kid. Because I was born in 84. 84 plus. Uh, don't ask me to do math at this hour. But however old I was in 91, I was a kid. All right. <laughs> Matt was plus seven. <laughs> Ryan, uh, were, how old were you uh, in 1991? I was minus five. Yeah, minus five. Yeah, I was born in 96. Right. So uh, I missed the early stages of the 90s. And uh, but uh, I did I did grow plan. up with some interesting 90s uh, trends, though, which I hope oh. to highlight in a further throwback Thursday. Some of the cringe from the early 2000s, which I will never forget. <laughs> OK, beautiful. 877-399-9898. Where were you living in 1991? How old were you? For me, for example, in 1991, I was living in Fort McMurray and I was 16. So, um, you know, that was the year I got my driver's license, man. It was wicked. I was working at the golf course. It was amazing. Uh, those were good times playing hockey. Um, Bantam into midget. I would have just started midget hockey then. So, um, yeah, you know, like these were exciting times. So back in 1991, Advertisers were using some strange music and instruments on commercials 
in the early 90s, Ford Taurus, which was here and then went away and then came back, is evidence of that in this commercial Give It a Boo. How do you think we've improved the award-winning Taurus? Oh, it's... it's... They kind of like it. Mm-hmm, baby. Anything more? I want a lot. With over 250 improvements, we've accentuated the positive. Let me see that again. Let me, let me look at that. The 1992 Ford Taurus. The result of positive thinking. Positively. Yeah. 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 Those are some pipes, man. I wonder <laughs> if that was because Mariah Carey was big mm. in and around there. I wonder if that was like a Mariah Carey knockoff attempt. Yeah. yeah discount Mariah Carey. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like uh, just getting the, the lady singer in the studio and just being, okay, can you just go really like just up there where the, the point where it just like hurts? Yeah. Just do that. And that was, um, I don't know about you, but it did not make me want to buy a Ford Taurus. Hmm. Uh, although they must have worked. The second generation of the Ford Taurus in 1981 proved to be very popular, selling 410,000 new units in its first year, becoming the best-selling car in America that year. So clearly wow. the trunk room was welcome. It was a pretty good-looking car back then. Like, it looked pretty futuristic. Um, Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Ford Taurus is funny. 877-399-9898. How old were you in 1991? Where were you living? If you were Christmas shopping in 1991, you might have seen some interesting technology. Amazing, man. It's the 90s now. Wired cell phones, massive computers, and more. It was all available at this now defunct electronics store. Radio Shack, Canada's value leader in electronics, makes it easy to shop for Christmas gifts. There's a wide selection of cellular phones for calls on the go, or decorator and cordless phones for everyone. Personal computers for home or office, supported by our sales and service team. The latest VCRs and camcorders for Christmas memories, plus everything in stereo to enjoy the season sounds. Exciting electronic action toys and video games for kids of all ages. All at Radio Shack, Canada's value leader in electronics. So it was, um, it like, that was not about a single thing. Like today it's like good beats by Dr. Dre, right? There was no brand on the toys and it's kind of amazing to hear that. So, uh, that's from Radio Shack. You probably remember Radio Shack. If you're reminiscing to 1991 became the source by circuit city. Uh, then it was built uh, bought by another broadcasting corporation and became, uh, the source. And uh, the, the Radio Shack and the Tandy product was pretty amazing for a really long time. Back in 1991, how old were you? Some of your text messages that have uh, come in. Donnie says, I was three and living in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. Um, some other text messages. Uh, where were you in 1991? I was 31 living in Kamloops, says Lyle. Uh, thank you very much for that one. Uh, there's another one that comes in uh, with no name. I was still a swimmer until June 15th, 1991. I uh, I paraphrased that text message to make it appropriate for radio. Good by the job. Way. Mm -hmm. Nice. In 1991, I was a middle-aged oil patch worker in a Calgary high-rise. Times were good from JoJo. And uh, Trucker Dan says, I was 20 living in Kingston, and I just bought my first house in 1991. Throwback Thursday here on The Shift uh, News. 
it's pretty quiet. I mean, it's not like we have easy access to a lot of the news stories like we do today, you know, because that whole internet thing. But this is a clip of daily news and what it sounded like on global TV back then. Wow. These are the news of our lives. Mulroney wants U.S. trade harassment stopped. A $3 million Brinks heist. Videotape captures suspects in the Morgenthaler clinic bombing. And Thailand's king appeals for peace. The World Tonight with Mike Hanscom and the Global News Team. Global News. It sounded uh, like soap operas. Um, but yeah, that, that wow. Hey, uh, no more cool act. synth extros and intros for the news because it was way more technologically savvy sounding last week as we took a little peek at the news um, from 1993. Although there was one major event that changed history uh, within a week here of the anniversary. Is it? No, it was literally last week. No, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it it all ended on Christmas Eve, nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Is that but what it, it kind of started last week? Yeah, uh, started last week. Okay, so the major event that changed history report from ABC when Mikhail Gorbachev officially resigned as president of the USSR. In Moscow, the hammer and sickle is lowered for the last time, and an era comes to an end. I am ceasing my activities in the post of president of the USSR. The tricolor banner of the Russian Republic now flies over the Kremlin. And from the White House, President Bush salutes the man who presided over the end of the Soviet Union. His legacy guarantees him an honored place in history and provides a solid basis for the United States to work in equally constructive ways with his successors. And tonight, Ted Koppel reports from Moscow about his extraordinary behind-the-scenes look at Mikhail Gorbachev's final hours in office. This is ABC News Nightline. Reporting from Washington, Sam Donaldson. Mikhail Gorbachev said it best today, just moments before he resigned his post as the last president of the Soviet Union. If you have to go, you have to go. It's that time, he said. Time for Gorbachev's departure, but of greater importance, time for the end of a state that in its brief 74 years had murdered and oppressed its own people, enslaved other countries, and threatened the peace, the very existence of the whole world. Wow. Hey, guys. And there it is. There we go. That was probably an echo yep. from our voice call. Um, Ryan, so here's what happened. After he left office, um, Gorbachev founded the Gorbachev Foundation, became a vocal critic of Russian presidents, Boris Yeltsin and Putin, campaigned mm-hmm. for Russia's social democratic movement. Like he did a lot of stuff there. I recognize yeah. the anthem from the hunt for Red October. It's the only reason I know that. And um, and yeah, so he did a lot of great things. Um, the, the question that I was trying to ask you there, Ryan, sorry, uh, if everyone else heard it on the air. The next global clip here, what's that one? Oh, that was the cool synthy beat from the oh, 1980s the from the Global News Extra. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So here we go. If you're watching TV in 1991, you probably saw red green on your TV. And here's a clip from his 1991 episode. 
Once again, it's time for the show that everybody's talking about. The show that caught the nation's attention, and it's at top of the critics' list. Well, I, did, I didn't say what's list, so it's really not false advertising, okay? It's the Red Bean Show. And now, please give a warm welcome to your host with the most pop and my uncle, Red Green. Thank you very much, Harold. Uh, thank you, and uh, welcome to the show. We got a heck of a show for you this week. Uh, we have a story about, we had a He-Man contest up here at the lodge with uh, first prize being a truss. <laughs> and then uh, later on, uh, Wayne Gretzky's going to drop by. Oh, uh, uh, he had to cancel. What? I thought he was, uh, thought he was dropping by. Oh, no, no, it's just, you know, it's all tentative on a few things. What things? Well, you know, like... Um, if we could get through to him, you know, and he hadn't seen the show and, and uh, you know, just hoping that he knew what he was getting into. Stuff like this things, okay? Well, this here is uh, my nephew, Harold, and uh, more importantly, my producer and director, and uh, up until now, uh, had been in charge of booking the guests for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like our show. Uh, during yeah. the <laughs> during the show's run, Red Green was nominated for 23 Gemini Awards. He did only win one time, and that was in 1998 for Best Performance in a Comedy Program or Series. And if you like that, coming up here next hour, or coming up here next, actually, on the show, in just a few minutes, we're going to have Red Green as our guest. What would Red Green do? Uh, we'll ask him that question to deal with COVID a hugely popular children's TV show launched in Canada in 1991. Here is the theme for shining time station. Reach for the speed, reach for the whistle, go where the rail may run. Reach for the words, reach for the story, follow the rainbow sun. They don't make them like so, that anymore, do they? No, not at all. The show incorporated sequences from the British television show, Thomas and Friends, uh, which was based on the railway series written by Reverend Wilbert Audrey. Now, it was a rating success in its first season, uh, 0.9 rating, which meant about a million viewers on average. At its peak, though, it was 7.5 million viewers a week. And of course, as the world got smaller and technology got bigger, Thomas crushed everybody. Just kind of the way it went. In the movies, some of the classics that came out has a bit of a cult following now. Here's a trailer for Steven Spielberg's Hook. Hook. his revenge. Only you can save your children. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? Have to fly. Have to fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack.
Where are we going? To Never Never Land. Where? So Peter Pan and the Hook movie, which was sort of the dark negative version of it, Robin Williams uh, was quite incredible in the show. I liked the show. I think it just was one of those things that it was a bit of a disappointment only because so many people know the traditional story, right? And the line that went in it made a bunch of money. Steven Spielberg said uh, he was kind of disappointed with it in the long run. Now, you saw that in the theaters, Matt. You remember that? Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the first movies I remember going to see uh, in the theater. Although I may have, I think the very first movie I saw was uh, Robin Hood, the one with Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. But mm. um, I I remember like sitting in the theater and and seeing Hook, loving it. I I love it today even still. Like I think it's just a well made like film with the whole like fantasy, like the whole story of the Hook thing. Like the the darkness, wh- whatever the tone adds to that. If it's a darker tone, I think it suits it very well. I I just I think it has aged wonderfully as a film. That's it has show. aged better than when it first came out, for sure. It's definitely a cult classic, and I will watch anything with Robin Williams in it, even if it's horrible. I will watch it <laughs> for sure. Uh, just in time for Oscar season two in 1991, as we do our Throwback Thursday, Oliver Stone released JFK. He's a DA in New Orleans. Don't you think the Kennedy assassination is a little bit out of your domain? A commitment to justice. Nobody's going to tell me that kid did the shooting job he did from that damn bookstore. A sacrifice of everything he had. I think you care more about John Kennedy than your own family. For everything he believed. Nothing is going to keep me from going ahead with my investigation of John Kennedy's murder. They tried to stop him from asking who. If I give you the name of the big enchilada, you know. Do I have to spell it out for you, Mr. Nope. Garrison? Then it's Bon Voyage Dino. They tried to keep him from asking why. That's a real question, isn't it? Why? The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. Why was Kennedy killed? I'm saying people kill us, huh? Nobody's going to kill us. Who benefited? You have any idea what you're getting yourself into, Daddy-O? Who has the power to cover it up? Warner Brothers presents... Kevin Costner. Now we're through the looking glass here, people. In an Oliver Stone film. White is black, and black is white. People got to know. I'm a dead man! I say let justice be done, though the heavens fall. It's very cool. A very cool show. All right, so our throwback Thursday, 1991. That was JFK. Uh, Some of your text messages. Um... Back in 1991, I was 27 years old, self-employed in home renovations. Uh, Thank you, Glenn. Vic in Calgary, I was 11 and living in St. Catharines, Ontario. I lived in St. Catharines. Jennifer Crescent, I loved it there. I was five years old and living in Winnipeg. Another texter says, uh, Mike in Edmonton was plus seven and living in Ottawa. So same as you there, Matt. Uh Aw. Except the Ottawa part. Um. Yeah, man, the list is great. This is cool. I like this part. Uh, 1991, I was plus 14 in grade 10 in Edmonton and still here from Susanna. Thank you, Susanna, for texting the show. These are fun. I like learning where everybody is and uh, where they were. Um, This is good stuff. It's the Shift Podcast. When you're in public, have you sneezed? Yes. Uh, Uh, Not recently. Have you felt the shame? 
of that sneeze, oh. Matt? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's like, I don't know, maybe the equivalent is like being in like a really quiet church and then letting one rip. <laughs> very close to the same thing <laughs> but, but but you get a lot days, yeah you get a lot more hate or not not necessarily hate but like you get you get stares you get the stink eye you're talking about like yep. one of those loud rippers like we're talking like the wooden pew loud stone walls yeah just not the not the oh, new yeah. churches with the comfy seats um yeah so here's the thing um in public lady in front of me in line we were all trying to stay about six feet apart and um, I, I've, I'm, this is how I'm realizing by telling these stories how judgy I am of people in public, apparently. <laughs> so lady in front of me in line, and she's desperate to sneeze. Like, she's desperate. She's trying to not sneeze, and she's holding it, and she's turning away from everybody because the lineup was going this way. She was trying to turn that way. And it just got to the point where she could not anymore, and she sneezed. And she tried to stifle it. But it was the kind of stifle it that was clearly uncomfortable because then she sneezed again and she didn't stifle it the same way. And then she sneezed again. And uh, and I said to her, I said, I said, bless you. And she was like, oh, sorry. And I was like, no, it's okay. You are allowed to sneeze. Just don't ever sneeze loud because someone will cut you in public. Is that a thing now? Like, are we officially not allowed to sneeze or cough in public? Yes, I uh, when I went to when I was working at 770 and I would have to take Ubers to work during COVID, I'm wearing the mask and I always have the sniffles or uh, a stuffy nose when I wake up in the morning. It, it runs in my family on my dad's side. I, I've had it for so long. So I wake up. It's the same feeling. I get in the car and I can feel the sneezes coming, but I'm not going to sneeze in this poor Uber driver's car. He doesn't want that stress and I don't want to give him it. So you hold it in and then you start tearing up because you can feel it coming. And then you get out of the Uber. <laughs> it's a like four o'clock in the morning and you sneeze so loud that you worry you woke up everybody that works in the building besides 770. That was pretty much every day when I worked uh, at that station every day. There, But there is there's like this there's this shame, this sneer you get, this evil look. For you can't sneeze in public anymore. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Have you ever had the uh, the experience um, of the evil sneezy sneer? Have you ever done it? I'm curious. Um, how do you deal with it, too? By the way, is it just to bless you, or is it to move away? Like people back away from you now. Like people literally will back away. Like you're toxic, and uh, you know maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I've got it all wrong. I don't know. I'm curious everybody's thoughts. All right, so um, Angel, being allergic to so many things, I sneeze all the time, about seven to ten times in a row. I'm used to people moving away from me. If they stare, I say, it's a condition I have. Hasn't really happened since COVID because I'm not out much. Uh, you're lucky, man, but the seven, ten sneezes in a row, that'd be all right, too, because that feels pretty good, right? Like, that's – is that borderline annoying at that many, though? Like, three, maybe, four, you're like, oh, I don't know. My, it's inconvenient, uh... no. My wife sneezes exactly three times in a row every time. Every time. My girl, my girlfriend's too. Every time. Three? You can count them. Yeah. There How you go. many you got there, which, which, Wait, which girlfriend sneezes wait, three times? Wait, My girl. Oh, no. She, she's going to find out. No, no, just kidding. No, there's only one. There's only one. The only one. She sneezes twice every time. Well, you made it I'm plural. just going to clear that up. All right. Okay, yeah. so one of them sneezes twice, and the other one sneezes three times. Okay, right. we got you. You got it, Matt. Okay, thank got you. Got it. Thanks for this clearing that up well. for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, your text messages. 
I sneezed one time in the summer getting into my car, and a woman about 20 feet away says, oh, my God, cover your face. I said, get lost. She was far enough away from me. Um, yeah, like, I mean, there's got to be, I mean, life still happens here. But, I mean, you're still supposed to, like, cover your mouth or your sneeze into your elbow, even if you're in the middle of a parking lot, I would say. I don't know. As a guy with allergies, I get this little tickle in my throat. And so I often have a little cough. And so I'll go into places and I just have a little <coughs> kind of thing. And um, as I'm trying to deal with the allergies, I mean, you kind of have to declare it, right? Like, I caught it. Nobody's going to die. We're all going to be okay. <laughs> oh, man. What a year. Uh, nobody gives me the stink eye if I sneeze or cough, but if I cut one, that's a lot different. I eat a lot of moose meat. Moose farts are vicious, Lyle. <laughs> Man, well, you, so, learn, you learn something new every day. Yeah, so I'm still not sure if it's the moose meat and your gas issue, Lyle, or when you say moose farts are vicious, I because I'm assuming that would be vicious if you were around a moose when it farted. Could go either way. Um. I mentioned back in March, but I don't remember who was hosting. It was an extremely cold night uh, while I was assembling my trailers. The nose hairs in my nostrils froze when I walk into the warehouse and it started to thaw. I sneezed. It was at the very beginning of the pandemic and every worker in the warehouse stared at me like a deer in the headlights. People just don't know what to do when you get the sneezes. 877-399-9898. Let's go to Derek in Edmonton. Hey, Derek. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, thank you, brother. What's on your mind? Well, I've got a bit of a sneeze joke for you. Oh, dear. So, uh, why is there a worldwide toilet paper shortage? Why is there a worldwide, worldwide toilet paper shortage, Derek? One person sneezes, and a hundred people trap themselves. That's good. I like that. Thanks, Derek. I appreciate the call, buddy. No problem. Have a good night. You too. 877-399-9898. Uh, since we're on the topic of sneezes, uh, Gio Benitez from the Today Show has a story. A 12-year-old girl sneezed 12,000 times a day for weeks. Whoa can't stop sneezing. She sneezes about, are you ready for this, 12,000 times per day. Gio Benitez has her story for us. For 12-year-old Caitlin Thornley, this sound has become painfully familiar. Three weeks ago, Caitlin began sneezing, and she hasn't stopped. I was walking out of a clarinet lesson. All of a sudden, it just... It kind of started in just like little spurts, you know, it was like just a few sneezes here and there. But by the time I went to bed, I'd sneezed 30 times that night. Caitlin now averaging about 20 sneezes per minute. I can control it sometimes, but it's really painful. And so far, doctors at Texas Children's Hospital in Houston haven't been able to figure out exactly what is causing the uncontrollable sneezing, referring to the condition as a tick. She had kind of a funny feeling that she describes in her nose, and that piece of her history is very common for ticks. It's not the first time doctors have seen bizarre cases like this. In fact, some believe ticks may be triggered in the brain by something stressing the child out. 10% of all kids are affected by ticks. 
she can't go to school and can't really do anything normal. Can't eat well. She's has to sip. She can't drink. It's, I mean, it's, it's affected everything. I mean, she has an episode yesterday where it was 45 straight minutes. She was screaming in pain a couple of times. So, and, and all, all I can do is just, you know, hold her tight and wait for her to go to sleep. And Caitlin, she just wants to get back to seventh grade. This has taken a huge toll on my life. I want nothing more than for this to end. I just want it to be gone for good. So hard for her to do that interview. And she tells us she can't go to school. The sneezing is is crazy. That, like, I have a hard time laughing at that because she sounds so sweet, but I know it's funny though. And it it's is a funny the sneeze, sneeze itself. The sneeze itself is funny, but thankfully she stopped sneezing. Oh, she stopped that, sneezing that, now. That, that happened in I think 2014, and it has that video has I think 20 something million views on the Today Show's YouTube channel. It's absurd, uh, but yes, I think it took almost a month, but she did stop sneezing. So I feel a little bit better chuckling about it, but at the same time, that must have been yeah. a really, really bad month. 45 minutes. But like if they said it was like a tick, though, I mean, why would it stop all of a sudden? That's weird. Yeah, right? I, like same reason 45 it, minutes. it started. No reason. Right? Yeah. It just and it's it a started funny and then it stopped. Who, who's the person in your life that's got the weird sneeze? My dad. My dad sneezes at the volume of a Def Leppard or Guns N' Roses concert. Like, <laughs> no, a Motorhead concert. Nice. Where it's, you know, like, it, it's absurd. It'll make the house shake. Yeah. Doesn't sound mm. weird. It's the volume, though. Um, Matt, what about you? Who's got the weird sneeze in your fam? Um, yeah, I mean, my, my dad used to have like the most insane kind of like motorhead level sort of sneeze. Like it would, you know, the sound of it would fill the whole house and just scare the, uh, scare the ass out of you. Um, but I, I think it's just, it's not that my wife's sneezes are weird or unusual. It's just that the, they're always in a sequence of three. Always. 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 Like really, as long right? as I've known her. Those ones feel good. Like two, two feels pretty good though. Like if you get two, you're like gives you a little, gives you a little shiver, a little goosebumps. That's all right. Releases some of those same hormones that you get from the, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I never thought of sneezes in that way, but hey, there you go. Yeah. Science, um, my man. my ex wife, um, the mother of my children, um, has uh, the strangest sneeze that I've ever, I've ever heard. It's like a tsui thing it's the weirdest thing um strangest weird thing and don't worry it wasn't like cause for divorce by any means um i i guess i probably fall into i my sneezes would be the explosive out of nowhere sneezes like i don't get the warm-up like you know some people get the uh, uh, yeah they get that whole ramp up thing mine kind of come out of nowhere mine too uh, yeah just like all of a sudden anyway if you had to choose a concert for your sneeze, you had to choose a band, Matt. What would your what how what band would you sneeze level at? Um, I would have picked Motorhead, but Ryan already picked that. I would say, I would say Ozzy. Mm. Yep. Have you ever sneezed in, in, in inside your mask? Oh yeah, it's nasty. It's the worst. But oh, it's, it's the worst. But it's what it's there for. 
Uh, my sneeze is loud and explosive. I would give it um, 100% a big sugar sneeze. It's true. Um, Matt, you had one you wanted to share that you got on the phone line. Yeah, Ken and Kamloops phoned uh, phoned the station here and uh, relayed a really uh, really fun joke here about our our previous conversation about masks and sneezing and whatnot. Um, how do you get your mask to dance? How do you get your mask to dance? You put a little boogie on it. <laughs> get a little <laughs> boogie. <laughs> nice. See, that is good. That is recycling right there. That is recycling a very, very good old joke into a 2020 mask joke. Well done, Ken and Kamloops. Thank you very much. This is the Shift Podcast. And we, uh, at this time, need to dig into a couple of uh, our Are You OKs? But we got to check with uh, uh, Maddie here, make sure the moon dial's all right. Yeah, let's see. Uh... <laughs> there we go. It's ready. Let me. Let... Oh. Gets better every night. That's the best moon dial of all the moon dials. Oh. If only oh, you could see it. Holy. That's the thing of beauty right there. All right, let's do some Are You Okay? <laughs> we have to keep some secrets on the show, you know? Are you okay with burglary? Uh, ge- no. Generally, no. I yeah. had a bunch of uh, equipment stolen from my underground parking garage out of my van a few years ago, and I found it very upsetting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, who's okay with I mean, the only person who's really okay with burglary would probably be the burglar, right? Oh, yeah. No, like it's, you know, that's what they do. <laughs> it's what they do. It's what they're good at, man. All right. Um, one Ontario duo found themselves in a pretty awkward situation last Friday. A pair of Ontario burglars were apologetic after they discovered that they accidentally broke into the wrong house. According to Sarnia police, the suspects broke into a 700 block Kipling home, Kipling Street home around 7.15 on December 11th. Its owners, who were watching TV at the time, described hearing a loud bang before being confronted by two individuals. One of the suspects was reportedly wielding a hammer, asking for money that was owed to him. The tense situation then astoundingly de-escalated after the burgers realized they were in the wrong place. The criminals, who were apologetic, even offered to pay for the damages before leaving the home. Wow. Police later received a tip and arrested the suspects without incidents. Uh, Dennis John Smith of Keswick and Cameron Joseph Chemis of Sarnia are facing charges of break and enter, mischief under uh, $5,000, possession of weapons, dangerous. A comedy group extremely decent put together the sketch reenacting a very similar situation. Well, hi there, strangers. Oh, you two scared the pants off me. Thought you were a moose. (laughs) (laughs) No. No no moose down here. Where are you going with that TV there? Uh, Well, uh, this is a burglary. I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, we're just going to take this TV and probably a lot of other things, and then we'll be on our way. Well, why am I supposed to just let you leave with my stuff, eh? Well, because I got this gun, and Petey here's got this here rusty railroad spike. Well, that sounds like quite the operation. (laughs) Okay, well, lift with your legs. Will do. Honey, who is it? Oh, it's just some burglars, honey. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> That's the Canadian way right there. 
<laughs> what doesn't it become like home invasion robbery when there's people home versus a break and enter? Like that would be a big difference in the law, I think. Yeah, but I'm just it's the fact that okay, so the guy came in and was asking for money, right? He breaks into the house and is demanding money, and then he realizes he's at the wrong house and says, "Oh, I'm sorry, eh? Let me pay for the damages. How much money was he asking for? Because <laughs> he probably wasn't going to get any money back if he went to the next house over and broke in and asked for money. Or would he ask yeah. for more money? What was his game plan? We'll never well, know, they, but I'm glad nobody got hurt. They can't go to the house next door now because now they're everyone's going to be hip to their game, man. So mm. interesting. Wow. That's very Canadian. I love that. Are you okay? Are you okay? with I thought you were going to read my mind there no oh See what it's doing uh, right. are you okay to... no no there was nobody reading my mind okay maybe it's not a thing yet okay let's try it again let's try it again are you okay with mind reading apps did you read my mind that time uh, yeah, I, I kind of got like a telepathic uh, transmission there. Uh, just, yeah. I had to adjust the antenna a bit, but I got it. <laughs> what was the frequency there, Kenna? <laughs> um, mind reading apps. Am I okay with that? Uh, I don't know. I feel like true privacy is dead by now. So yeah, <laughs> yeah we're kind of past that point. Yeah. You know what? I would be okay with one type of brain reading app. A brain reading app that knows exactly what kind of food I want and then orders it for me. Ooh. You know, because sometimes you can't decide, but if it could read my mind and go deep in and know exactly you want this kind of pizza with these toppings, it will be at your house in 20 minutes. I'd be okay with that app. But what if it malfunctioned and you know how sometimes, you know, maybe you're like ordering something online, you keep getting an error message. So you keep trying and trying and then it turns oh, out dear. that you ordered the thing seven times. You got nine pizzas coming? Yeah. Like, what if that malfunctioned, Ryan, and you ended up with, like, 30 pizzas? Then that's a great night. That's 30 pizzas. I'll take it. You wouldn't have to Any work. day. We're going to have to worry about breakfast, lunch, or dinner for, like, two weeks. I um, five, I think I'd go the other days. way. I think I'd want an app to read my mind to order the things that I should be eating, um, not the things that I want to eat, because the problem I have is the 30 pizzas. That's the problem that I have right now with mm. the old physical fitness in my life. Well, back in 2017, Mark Zuckerberg made an interesting announcement regarding some research into future technology. And you're also going to hear from Regina Dugan about some of the work that we're doing in Building 8, even further out beyond augmented reality. And that includes uh, work around direct brain interfaces uh, that are going to eventually one day uh, let you communicate using only your mind. Now, that stuff is really far out. You're telling me. Yeah. No kidding. Communicate only using your mind. Uh, that's a problem for our careers, fellas. Big time. <clears throat> yeah. Direct brain interface. Uh, Facebook has revealed more details about its plans to release a mind reading device telling employees in a private meeting on Tuesday how it will work. First of all, nobody read the minds about the private meeting part, clearly. Um, in an audio recording of the meeting, again, private. Obtained by BuzzFeed News, Facebook's chief technology officer, Mike Schroper, explained how a neural sensor would translate people's thoughts into computer commands, such as typing or holding a virtual object in a video game. We all get the privilege of seeing the future because we are making it, he said. 
Mr. Schrofers also said that the firm's public perception when it came to issues like privacy would need to be addressed before any <laughs> such product. Because <laughs> not only do they follow you everywhere you go, now they're going to connect and literally plug wires into your gray matter. I don't think Whoa. I let Facebook up in my brain. It already knows too much about me. Yeah, hey. I think it should go the other way. I think we should plug into Facebook and let Facebook tell us what we are. <laughs> they probably know mm. more. Mm, Good yeah. point. Scary stuff. Okay. Um, bum, 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 bum. I'm just going to throw this one out there. It's super quick. Are you okay with burpees? Uh, oh. so, um, you'll have to um, refresh me on what, what burpees are. So you jump up. You go down sort of into a push-up. Uh, you kick your feet out the back. And then you pull your feet up and your knees back to your chest again. Wow. And then you jump up and then you go down again and then you kick. And then people like doing this repetitively on a regular basis a few days a week. Oh, they I, suck. I, they hurt. I feel like if I did that, I would spill my drink. So no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless you um, have like a backpack with a water bottle, you know, like the tube running out and then you, there you go. Yeah. MacGyver. Or the hat with the beer. Um, That's better. So most people can do a couple of burpees, um, then get dizzy or whatever and quit, right? So there was a lady, um, her name is Allison Brown. She did, in an hour, throw out there, what's what number would be like, do you think would be like amazing number of burpees in an hour? In an hour? An amazing number? Oh. For me, uh, one in, in an hour would be amazing. Right, in a week, I would actually That's say. That's the benchmark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ooh. Uh I would say an impressive amount would be maybe 150, 150. I don't think. Yeah, that's the absolute maximum I can imagine doing before convulsing or lungs exploding, something yeah. exploding internally. Okay. So their old record, um, she broke it. And chest to ground burpee reps in the space of an hour. Allison Brown, she's from Ontario, by the way, 730 burpees. Yeah. In an hour. You'd be sore for a year. Unreal. So if you divide that by 60 minutes, you basically get 10 a minute. So that's six seconds. So there's a break. Like you slow down. Clearly. But 730, the old record was 709. Congratulations, Allison Brown. <sighs> Some of the texts that came in, did she do 300? Alexandra, no, 700 and 750. You just about nailed it. Uh, the other text messages from Winnipeg. Thank you. Wow, I'm just tired of just, pff, describing it to Matt. Got to tell you, you know what burpees are great for, though, if you drop something. Got to pick it up quick. Okay, we have time for one more quick one here. Are you okay? Are you okay with hyper-realistic masks? Hmm... So it's so it's a mask that's basically your face in the most like realistic way. Yes. Yes. So but your face is already on your face. So yeah, what about someone face. else's face though? <gasps> face off. Someone else's face. Like face Mission off. Impossible? I like that movie. Oh. Face yeah. off was a good movie. Because Kate is insane in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so a Japanese retailer has come up with a new take on the theme of facial camouflage, a hyper-realistic mask that models a stranger's features in three dimensions. 
Uh, the masks won't protect you or others from anything to do with the virus, but hey, they look good. They'll lend you the exact appearance of an unidentified Japanese adult whose features have been printed onto them. Here's a translation of the creator talking about his masks. I own a mask shop, so I thought it would be fun selling and buying people's faces. That's why I do it. It's unbelievable, but so many people from around the world are asking me to buy their face. The number of people that want to buy these masks was more than expected, too. I think the world is crazy and fun. Was that New Zealand's Chris Gilbert? It sounded like it. And let's be honest, if anybody was going to buy a mask like that and wear it as part of a show, it would certainly be Chris Gilbert. Just to freak mm. us out. So I found a picture uh, what, of them. Of the masks? Of what the, of what the masks look like. I sent you a link. It is one of oh, the most horrifying things I've ever seen in my life. They are The way they describe realistic. it, they describe it as he makes them with a 3D printer and he had like 100 applicants and he paid them for, for their face. Oh, God. That's yeah. realistic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of looks Ugh. like it's him, though. Or is that the guy? That's the guy whose face it is. It must be the guy whose face. Yeah, I think he made a mask of himself. Oh, that's weird. Oh, it's weird <laughs> when they show it from the side. Man. Oh, yeah, there's three of them in like... a box. Oh, that looks like something out of a horror movie. Sometimes you just got to face the face that is your face. Wow. Like, you literally put it on, and it literally looks like a 3D-printed realistic from a movie oh just give me a shiver that's weird can we tweet that out yeah 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 we can definitely tweet that out i mean if you don't want nightmares don't look at it but if you're I, interested yeah check it out it's pretty wild i would recommend that you maybe wait till the show's over in the daylight because mm -hmm. the guy in front of the wall wow with the mask on that looks like something out of a horror movie it's a real nightmare fuel that's for sure Holy cow. By the way, if you're interested in getting one of these masks, uh, you can check out the website and um, they're about $950. Once you said, see, I thought that was a lot of money, but then once you see the mask, you're going to go, hmm, I get it. Probably a good deal. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Whoa. Ugh. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.